Hello, I'm Alison McLean. I'm part of the 4ZZZ Women on the Edge radio group. I am a sinister ride, disability and also major advocate for Food Not Bombs. Today I am going to tell you all about Food Not Bombs. Food Not Bombs is a worldwide grassroots movement to feed the homeless and oppose war at the same time. Each week, Food Not Bombs groups meet to share a meal of food items that have been donated or found while dumpster diving. Food Not Bombs' motto is everyone is welcome and the group aims to decrease food waste and build a sense of community. Food Not Bombs was founded in 1980 in Cambridge, Massachusetts. In Brisbane, the group meets on Fridays at People's Park and West End for community dinner. We'll be back after this song to tell you a bit about the history of Food Not Bombs. This is Jeff Osh with his Food Not Bombs song. I was trying to kick speed. So I followed my friends team. We went to the shadow. We cut up so many vegetables. 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 I don't do this anymore, but we proceeded to get high. To my surprise, I had cheated an appetite. Now my paranoia dissolved into the sunlight. The sunlight. The sunlight. I was looking for a change. I was looking for a plan. I was looking for some kind of healing. I was looking for peace of mind. I found peace of mind. And I found him when I bought it. Not a way to kill the money demon. I found rest in my soul. In my soul. In my soul. Feel the world, 
You're listening to Alison McLean on 4ZZZ for the Women on the Edge radio group. Today I'm talking to you about Food Not Bombs. Food Not Bombs has a long history of contentious politics in the United States where it started. The Food Not Bombs group was formed in Cambridge, Massachusetts in 1980 by anti-nuclear activists after one of their friends was arrested protesting a nuclear plant. One volunteer worked as produce worker at a local grocery called Bread and Circus and started donating the produce they couldn't sell to people living at several housing projects near the store. A huge new glass tower stood across the road from the public housing where scientists worked designing nuclear missiles, drawing attention to the role that big banks play in the financing of the machines of war, while poor people beg in the streets for food. This helped inspire the name Funeral Bombs. Food Not Bombs co-founder Keith McHenry talks about the inception of the movement. All kids that started Food Not Bombs in uh, 1980, I was a produce worker and an art student in Boston and, uh, and a couple of other things. Anyway, one of my professors was Howard Zinn and uh, he wrote a book called The People's History of the United States. And he would talk about these protests in New Hampshire against Seabrook Nuclear Power Station. So I started going up to those protests, and on May, uh, the May 24th, 1980 occupation attempt of Seabrook, they, uh, one of my friends was arrested, and so we started to raise money for his legal defense by doing bake sales at, uh, in the Boston Commons and things like that. And we really never made any money, of course. We made like five bucks a day, stuff like that, for all night baking. and. We had another little business called Smooth Move, and we moved this family that was an activist family, and they were throwing away a poster that said, wouldn't it be a beautiful day if the schools had all the money they needed and the Air Force had to um, hold a bake sale to buy a bomber? So we thought, well, that's cool. We bought some military uniforms, and we went uh, um, went down to Harvard Square with our baked goods, and we told people we were trying to buy a bomber, and they were like, really? You look more like hippies in military uniforms than people are trying to buy a bomber. But anyway, got people talking to us about why we were protesting nuclear power and uh, the nuclear arms race. And um, then we were approached by a group of activists that were, were working with us in Seabrook, and they had investigated the Bank of Boston, found out that the board members of the Bank of Boston were on the board of the Public Service Company of New Hampshire building Seabrook, nuclear power station, and they were on the uh, board of Babcock and Wilcox that was building the station, and, uh, and they realized that basically the same small number of uh, wealthy bankers in New England were taking our money and then investing it in their own behalf. So we decided to organize a protest outside the stockholders meeting of the Bank of Boston at uh, the Federal Reserve Bank 
it, which is uh, actually now where the Occupy Boston has been staging their actions for uh, since uh, September. And uh, so we, as a produce worker, I was throwing away quite a bit of, of produce every morning. And uh, it was an, uh, the store was one of the earliest commercial uh, organic produce stores or, or grocery stores, and they were concerned people wouldn't buy organic if it didn't look right. So I would have five or six cases of great produce, just wasn't looking perfect or was wilted. And at first I was taking that to these housing projects a couple of blocks away, um, and the projects were uh, across the street from this huge glass building where they were designing the guidance system for uh, intercontinental ballistic nuclear missiles. And that was where we got our idea to call ourselves Food Not Bombs. But then with this action, we decided to take some of that produce and uh, make a huge pot of soup and dress up as hobos and go down to the stockholders meeting and have the uh, literature that, and signs that said the policies of the Bank of Boston uh, if they were to continue like this, could lead to a society where people would have to stand in line to eat at soup kitchens and that we could end up having another uh, economic collapse. And so the, after, as we were making this huge giant pot of soup, we got really worried we'd have this great meal, but not but eight or ten people to eat it. So uh, we went to the Pine Street Inn, which was one of the few shelters at that time in Boston, and I gave a speech to all the guys there. And the next day, about 70 people from, from the inn showed up. And because there weren't uh, lots of homeless people yet, because Reagan had only been in office like a year, and they, uh, <laughs> they, uh, the p business people walking by would go, what the heck is this about? So before long, we have business people and homeless people all hanging out eating. And we start getting the stockholders coming out for lunch, and they, some of them are eating with us and telling us how horrible the bank was, and it was this amazing day. In 1988, the San Francisco Food Not Bombs group tried to get a permit to feed the homeless. Instead, 45 riot police arrested the nine volunteers. Protests and more arrests followed, and this sparked nationwide movement of resistance. Since then, Food Not Bombs has been a major protest event, including the global Occupy movement in 2011. In 2014, there were about 12 groups in Australia. Food Not Bombs in Brisbane is an all-volunteer organisation dedicated to non-violent social change. Food Not Bombs has no leaders and strives to include everyone in its decision process. They are three principles of food not bombs. That all food prepared is vegan or vegetarian. That every food not bomb group is autonomous and make their own decisions. And food not bombs is not a charity and is devoted to non-violent social change. Next up, I'm talking to Andy Payne. Musician, local Brisbane peace and social justice activist who has been involved in Food Not Bombs for four years. I've known Andy for about seven years. We met at a Rickley's protest in 2010. Hi Andy, thanks for talking to me today. You can be on the first official uh, episode about Food Not Bombs. Ah, oh, that's excellent. That's very exciting. Thanks, Alison. Can you tell me your name and how you want to be described? Uh, my name's Andy Payne. Uh, people have described me many different ways, some of them favourable, some of them less favourable, uh, but uh, I'm happy with whatever. 
can you tell us how you got involved um, in Feed Not Bombs? Oh, it's many years ago now, actually. Um, so I have to cast my memory back a long way. But it was in Sydney. Uh, there was a group, and we didn't call it Food Not Bombs. It was actually called People's Kitchen. And I met some people at punk gigs, actually, who did this. And uh, I went along, um, and it was very exciting for me. I had never really thought much about food before as beyond just something that you ate because it tasted good or it fueled your body but these people saw food as a way of like building community as a way of welcoming strangers and as a way of kind of changing how our streets operated because instead of just being all shops there was suddenly somebody giving away things and it totally changed how you thought about what our streets looked like and so it was very exciting and so I kept going back and I've kept doing it ever since. That sounds fun. How long have you been involved in funeral bombs? Well, that was probably seven and a half years ago, and I've done it pretty much ever since. <laughs> wow, that's a long time. Yeah. So what sort of things do you do to prepare for funeral bombs? So here in Brisbane, most of the food that we uh, use for Food Not Bombs comes from supermarket dumpsters. Uh, they throw out a lot of good food, and so we usually, me and some friends, go out and we'll raid sometimes one supermarket bin, sometimes a couple, and get all the food that we'd use to cook. And then on a Friday afternoon, we go and cook for a few hours and then serve it up on the street. What's your first thing you have ever found dumpster diving? <laughs> I think Kim came up with that question. <laughs> well, I, I've i lived entirely off dumpsters pretty much for longer than that, you know, for like eight years or something. Um, and so... There's a, a lot of things in that time, and so that's a pretty good thing just in that. And I like that you can eat healthy food as well. You know, you get a lot of junk food, but you get a lot of vegetables and uh, good, uh, good healthy carbs and things like that. And so, but the best thing I've ever got, I once we were about to do uh, an activist convergence where people were going to do long bushwalks trespassing on a, a military training base, right? And so. We were getting ready for this, and it just happened that a few days before we were going to leave up there, I dumpstered huge bags full of dried fruits and nuts, and so we could make everybody these little scroggin packs to take when they were going to go trespassing, and we had heaps left over in the end as well, and so that would have to be probably my favourite thing. When I was a little boy, I liked to catch the rain.
There's no such thing as waste by the formidable vegetable sound system. You're listening to Alison McLean on 4ZZZ for the Women on the Edge radio group. Today I'm talking to you about food not bombs. People waste a lot of good stuff. Why do you think we should take produce out of the bin? Yeah, people definitely do waste a lot of good stuff. and I think uh, there's yeah an issue really about what we consider to be important in society, you know? For most of the way that we operate, what's important and what's valuable is what you can make money off. And so food that's maybe a little bit past its best or maybe it's in a dented can or something like that, because you can't make money off it, we suddenly think that it's useless, which is just not true. Like, we've just got our values all wrong. And so I think it's getting food out of the bin in some ways is challenging those values that say that only what you can make money off is important. It's like, no, no, if something, you maybe can't make money off this, but you can still use it to eat. You can still use it to welcome a stranger and show a stranger kindness. You can still use it to uh, build an autonomous community space on the street and, and all kinds of things, not just food. Lots of things that are thrown out are still perfectly good to be used. And so I think that's a good reason to, to take things that would otherwise be thrown out. What are people... Are people worried about eating stuff out of the bin? Yeah, I sometimes wonder about this because we don't necessarily tell everybody. <laughs> I know about this. I've been involved for a few months, and I've never. This is the first time he's actually told me about this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you must have picked it up, Alison. Um, yeah, so uh, I. I sometimes wonder about this. I think mostly people seem to think the food's pretty good and I've never heard any reports of anybody getting sick from Food Not Bombs. It helps out it's vegan food and so it cuts down on some of the bacterial possibilities. But I think a lot of people are, are surprised, I guess, but then the I guess the evidence is right there before them that it's okay because we've cooked up all this food and it tastes good and it looks good and so it's a bit of a shock to people and, and often when people find out they think, oh, that's really good because I can't believe people are just wasting all this. It's good that you've made it useful and so maybe some people are, aren't very keen on it but uh, I think they're the minority. And also, what's your, we've got a couple more questions. What's your personal motivation for your Food Not Bombs work, Andy? 
Well, for me, I think I often say that Food Not Bombs taught me how to cook, right? I didn't really know how to cook before I started doing Food Not Bombs. Uh, like, and so it taught me lots of tips and I watched other people cook and saw how they did it and learnt recipes and things like that. But I think it also taught me how to eat because before that I never really saw the possibilities that were in food. You know, I just you went to the supermarket, you bought whatever was easy to cook, you took it home and ate it, and um, and that was all food was. But to me now, I think food not bombs is really a part of my vision for the kind of world that we can create, the kind of suburbs that we we can create. That you know, it welcomes strangers and everybody's equal there you know it's there's no kind of oh you deserve food or you don't it's just like no come and eat and we all sit down together at the same table and or the same ground and and sit around and and talk and so to me it's about the food you know and it's about people getting that basic necessity of something to eat but also it's about much more than that uh about a little vision of the kind of world that we'd like to create so you're a peace activist too andy tell us about that well, that's right. There's two parts of the food not bombs name. One is the food bit, and the other part is the not bombs bit. You know, and they both go together. And so, having talked, yeah, about food being food not bombs being like part of the vision of the world we want to create. Also, I think doing that, you've got to challenge uh, the structures that uh, create injustice. And so, when people started food not bombs, and it was in America. 30-something years ago, they were doing it at nuclear war protests, and they were saying all this money that goes into uh, researching weapons, making weapons, paying troops and whatever, could be spent on just giving people the basic necessities of life, and it would quite possibly make the world a lot more peaceful if everybody had enough to eat. And and so, it's part, all part of the same thing, you know, we we feed people, we take food out of the bin, and also we have to challenge the people that create injustice. And so uh, I've done that in lots of different ways, and I keep on trying to do that. And one of them is peace activism, one of the things that next month I'll go to court in Alice Springs for trespassing on Pine Gap, which is America's secret intelligence base in the middle of Australia, because uh, we're saying, look, we don't think America should be spying on the world or aiming drones at people in the Middle East and they shouldn't be using this part of Australia to do it. And so it's all part of the one project. And final question, Andy, do you have a Food Not Bombs song? (laughs) Or you can do one of your originals. We don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I don't personally, I don't have a guitar either, but there's... You can sing it. (laughs) A cappella version. We could... We could record something later on or play something later on. But there is a great song by a band called The Lurkers, a very good political folk band from Sydney, and they have a song called Kitchen, which to me is about some of those really amazing things about food and what it can do about food being more than just nutrients for your body, you know? And so that's one I like a lot when talking about food, not bombs. Why, thank you for joining us today, Andy. Signed a petition, wore a wristband, liked a Facebook page. What else is there left to do now but sit and wait for the world to change? Well, sit on a fence, sit on a road, sit in a tree, sit locked onto a piece of machinery. 
Sit with your friends and plan out your dreams But don't just sit waiting I was a punk rocker with flowers in my hair But if I'm not near the action now I probably wouldn't have been then History is being written every single day The only question is What role do we play? So sit on a road Sit in a tree Sit down and occupy an office building Sit with your friends and plan out your dreams But don't just sit waiting Life can be cruel and we all have dreams That will probably never happen Will anything else we believe in If we don't do what we can So sit on a road Sit in a tree Sit holding a sign for strangers to read Sit with your friends and plan out your dreams But don't just sit waiting You're listening to Z Digital. You're listening to Alison McLean on 4ZZZ for the Women on the Edge radio group. Today I'm talking to you about Food Not Bombs. You're just listening to a song from Andy Payne. An issue that drives Food Not Bombs is food waste which many food not bombs get from the supermarket dumpsters in a practice called dumpster diving. The UN reported in 2013 that one-third of the world's usable food is wasted each year. This is over 1.3 billion tonnes of food. That is a lot of food. In Australia, as much as 20% of food bought from supermarkets is wasted much of it before it even leaves the supermarket, thrown out by the supermarkets in order to maintain the illusion that fresh food is clean and blemish-free. $8 billion worth of food is thrown out each year in Australia. Food Not Bombs is reducing this wastage by collecting its food from dumpster diving. Sebastian Rutigari from foodwise.com.au interviewed some dumpster divers about what they do. Yeah, my mum is not okay with it. Like, I told her when I first moved in, and she was like, are you kidding? Like, do you not have money? Do I need to put more money? And I'm like, mum, it's fine. Like, the stuff is fine. She's like, that's disgusting. Like, you should not be doing that. You should not be eating out of a bin. That's, like, not right. You're going to get sick. You'll get food poisoning. And I'm like, mum, it's actually fine. Like, Right now, food waste is a huge issue globally. In Australia, we throw out $8 billion worth of edible food every year. For every five bags of shopping, an average family household will throw out one whole bag of edible food because it goes out of date or they don't need it. 18 to 24-year-olds are one of the biggest single wasteful groups in Australia. So we decided to meet up with a few students who found an interesting way to put an end to the waste. 
apples, apples always apples. Potatoes. potatoes tomatoes. tomatoes. Mushrooms yeah. and plastic packaging. Dumpster diving is about rescuing edible food from supermarket bins. Most fruit and veg that Monique finds is totally edible. It just needs a wash. You'll do a big shop and you'll buy all these fruit and vegetables, yeah. but you won't plan your meals or make sure that you use as much food as you can and not waste it before it goes off. I'd rather minimise waste in my life and this is one way to minimise waste. Because if you get the smallest blemish on, say, a banana, they chuck it out, even if it's perfectly ripe. So Monique took us to a supermarket up the road to show us exactly how much food is being wasted every day. What have we tonight? Um, we've got some tomatoes and um, zucchinis, but see, people won't pay money for this stuff if it's got these blemishes and stuff on it. Would you say it's edible? Yeah, completely. It's just some things are a little bit too soft. You can actually scrape away most of the edge, just um, peel it back, and then it's be totally fine. So, yeah. just be sensible about what you're eating. Cherry tomatoes. Yeah, completely. There might be a couple in there that are still a bit off. Well, the things are off by expiry dates, but like, they're totally fine. Like, yogurt often enough will last like weeks after, like, but they, they chuck it out. It's pretty confronting, um, kind of stuff that was being thrown out. We just don't like leaving a mess, obviously going through the bins, leaving rubbish on the street. So um, we just make sure that we put all the rubbish back in, anything that flies away as well. Banana! Alrighty. Alrighty. So we're just going to take it home now and we'll wash it all um, to make sure that um, it's all okay and anything that we've grabbed that isn't edible we'll also throw out then. But yeah, you just got to make sure that you wash it. Wash our hands as well, it's pretty bin juicy. Monique reckons that just from this one night, they've probably saved about $40 to $50 on their weekly food bill. Tonight we've got um, some oranges, apples, um, some spinach, lettuce stuff, but some of it's not very nice. Um, that's why they can't sell it, but what you do is you just pick out bits that you're not going to eat. Um, garlic, heaps of potatoes. Um, they're just a little bit soft, that's why they've been thrown out. And stuff like this, this is why it's been thrown out, because it's got a blemish. Um, and obviously, like, you're not going to eat that, and you're not going to pay money for it if you find it in the shop. But it, all you have to do is chop it off, and it's like the rest of the piece of fruit is completely fine to eat. This is like super nice pasta. So I think that that would generally be like $5 a packet or something like that. This is what we've just made for dinner from all the dumpstered stuff. Um, got onions, garlic, tomatoes, and then the pasta. Um, got some mushrooms here that we're going to chuck in in a little while. It's really yummy. It always makes me pretty cross that this would have gone to the bin when it could feed me for a week at least. If I cooked up a big pasta with this tomatoes and didn't share it with everyone, then I'd have a frozen meal for every night for this whole week. And that's pretty sad. That, and this is just one tiny grocer in a small part of Sydney. Like if you think about this and how much this one store is throwing out and then you think about like the whole of Australia and how much food is going to waste, not just from 
shops straight into dumpsters but people's homes and stuff going off after they buy it as well it's just really really sad it's really sad disability? Do you love radio and have a passion you'd like to tell people about? Community Radio 4 Z holds monthly radio groups with people with a disability in the community. If you live on the north side, you can join our group at the Nunda Activity Centre and on the south side, we're at the West End Community House. Check out the website of the Ability Radio Project to find out more. That's abilityradioproject.wordpress.com The Ability Radio Project is a project of Community Radio for Triple Z.
Yeah, you're listening to 4ZZZ Sister Station on the digital spectrum, Z Digital. The following interviews were recorded at Food Not Bombs in People's Park in West End. My name's Dana. Um, yeah, I am one of the people who helps prepare the food. I actually heard about it when I was in New Zealand because a few community members came and visited the Catholic worker communities in New Zealand. How do you feel about eating food found diving? Yeah, I don't mind. I like that we're being efficient and it just it's kind of exciting when you get in there and then you're like digging down and you get excited by the stuff that you find. I'm Jess. I think I've been going to Food Not Bombs for a few months. Why do you come to Food Not Bombs? To help out and to mix with other people. Have you dumpster dived before? Yes, heaps of times. Yeah. I do it all the time. I'm Rachel. So Rachel, how long have you been going to Food Not Bombs? Uh, the first time I went was six years ago. I come to Food Not Bombs because it's a really pleasant place to run into friendly people, eat some food and get like an overall nourishment of not just the food but the conversation and the community. How do you feel about eating dumpster dive food? I do feel okay about it but I am quite a clean freak so like I am pretty careful about whether it's been opened or not and whether it looks clean enough to me. Uh, I come because it's a really good social thing to do and um, you're both helping the community with cooking food free of charge as well as catching up with with friends so that's what I like about it. I have been dumpster diving a few times. I feel um, really good about it actually because it tastes amazing when you cook it into food because the food's always fresh most of the time because it's thrown out that day it's just as good as any other food and it's some of the tastiest food I've probably ever had. Usually uh, stuff like curries, stews, rice have a lot of bread which Soul Breads gives to us over the counter so that's like first class home cooked feel good dishes really come to Food Not Bombs because it, it's really awesome it's not just hippies being hippies like some people think <laughs> my name's Tim Whip. how long have you been in going to Food Not Bombs Tim? been on and off for a few years but I started coming here consistently about a year and a half ago when I moved into a share house why do you come to Food Not Bombs? Well, a few reasons, and, and I, I consider them pretty good reasons. One, first and foremost, we're, we're sharing food with the marginalised. We're reclaiming public spaces, so it's a, it's a public space, anybody's allowed to use it, so we like to use it, and this is, I think we, we use it for a good reason. Uh, we're also rescuing food, old food that's thrown out from the supermarkets, so it's, it's still very good, still edible, so we, we go and collect it and, and turn it into a healthy food for people to, to eat. I dumpster dive regularly. We dumpster dive twice a week to okay. to sustain our own household and also to get enough food for Food Not Bombs on Fridays. What is Ooh. the best thing you've ever found? It's, it's a toss-up between mangoes. I love mangoes. Everybody loves mangoes. And chocolate. chocolate. We get a lot of chocolate in the bin. So around Valentine's Day and Christmas. I remember when I first was introduced to the idea of eating food out of the rubbish bin and at first I thought oh you know that looks a bit yuck we'll leave that and maybe oh this looks clean we'll get that but now we get almost everything and you can wash it off and, and, and give it a good rinse at home and, and you can clean it off and make it make it into a presentable piece of food. Uh, my name's Franz. I moved into the community house with Andrew about three years ago and I've sort of been one of the people who have 
religiously done Food Not Bombs every week since then. How did you find out about Food Not Bombs? Uh, well, I'd always known about it since I was little. Um, I suppose living, I grew up just north of Brisbane, about an hour's north on a farm, but I, I knew a lot of people in West End and it was something that always happened on and off. I do like my potatoes. Whatever, whatever, whatever way the potatoes cooked, I'll have it. I love the community. Yeah. Yeah. I love that we all get to hang out, have free food, yep. um, take back this public space yep. in the middle of West End. Yeah. And I just find it really fun. Yeah, it's the first time that I come here, and I like this type of initiatives. Yeah. And which food did you like best out of the food today? Yeah, I, I have only tried these two meals but they are perfect do you think you'll come again yes of course yeah good food which is your favorite food soup i hear that you like the soup what yeah. about the curry do you like the curry no hot one <laughs> okay thank you thank you i like the idea of people gathering together to uh, eat together sharing i like the fact that other people do a lot of the work. I mean, I don't. I contribute a bit myself sometimes. That that's good too. You know, everybody is welcome to contribute what they like uh, to do. And if you want to come and just eat, they are welcome too to do that. I like the food too. Tonight it was particularly tasty. I think, although I gather there wasn't as much. I started with mashed potato, and I, I was glad to see there was a big tub of mashed potatoes. So that was <laughs> that was a good start. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and the other the other sauces and soups were good to go with the rice and mashed potato. I, I like to eat that way. I have, you know, carbohydrate base and then some sauces on top. That seems to me the way to go. And well, how do you feel about eating food out of a dumpster? Are you okay with that? Uh, yeah, I, I've once gone on a dumpster visit and it was, I don't, can't say I was... Uh, Please, I was told it wasn't the smelliest dumpster that, that they'd ever got to, but it wasn't either the cleanest. Sometimes the food sits on the top. Of course, the people at, uh, at uh, Dorothy Day House are very uh, careful to wash everything and prepare, you know, throw out anything that's a bit sus. So, no, I'm glad. I'm, I am, I am, in theory, I am delighted that people eat out of, out of bins. Uh, it seem, it's a shame to waste good food. I just wish we could have a better system where the stores could just say, oh, well, this stuff can, can just go out the back and people can collect it. And, and what they don't collect, we, we throw away. You would think so. I think there's different sides to it, but it's definitely there is so much waste from the supermarket and pre the supermarket, but especially you look at bins and there is so much perfectly good food. Oh, yeah. and I think if we can cook it up and share it, then yeah. that's great. Yeah. I went to a dumpster in Rockhampton one time and it was completely full of perfectly good cauliflower. Why do you come to eat the food? I like it because we're all here together and there's a sense of community. And I like it because it's free. And so we've sort of taken the money aspect out of eating. I like getting to hang out with everybody who comes by. I like getting to use food as a resource for meeting people and doing good meals. And I like recreating the street into the kind of street we'd like to see where everybody hangs out and sits down together. My favourite meal, I like anything with chilli in it. I like how simple a concept it is. I used to do, uh, what do they call it, um, critical mass, and it was a time and a place, and you went there, and everybody worked together, and yeah, that's what I really like about it, it's just uh, giving and sharing and getting involved. And what about the eating? Yeah, I like a good vego feed, and uh, you know, 
I don't have a lot of money, so I enjoy it. Flattened outside, big and dumb. They look so stupid, they aren't much fun. Cows aren't fun. They eat to grow, grow to die. Die to be dead at the hamburger fry. Cows well done. Nobody thunk it, nobody knew. No one imagined the great cow guru. Cows are one. He hid in the forest, read books with great seal. He loved Che Guevara, a revolutionary feel. Cows say tongue. He spoke about justice, but nobody stirred. He felt like an outcast, alone in the herd. Cow doll drums. He moved, we must fight, escape or we'll die. Cows gathered around, cause the stakes were so high. Bad cow pun. But then he was captured, stuffed into a crate, loaded onto a truck where he rode to his fate. Cows are bummed. He was a scrawny calf who looked rather woozy. No one suspected he was packing and boozing. Cows with guns. They came with a needle to stick in his thigh. He kicked for the groin. He pissed in their eye. Cow well hung. Knocked over a tractor and ran for the door. Six gallons of gas flowed out on the floor. Run, cows, run. He picked up a bullhorn and jumped up on the hay. We are free-roving bovines. We run free today. We will fight for bovine freedom and hold our large heads high. We will run free with the buffalo for the gate in the great stampede, tipped over milk truck, torched all the feed. Cows have fun. Sixty police cars were piled in a heap, covered in cow pies, covered up deep. Much cow dung. Black smoke rising, darken in the day, twelve burning McDonald's. Have it your way. We will fight for bovine freedom and hold our large high. We will run free with the buffalo or die. Cows with guns. The president said, enough is enough. These uppity cows, it's time to get tough. Cow dung flung. The newspapers gloated, folks sighed with relief. Tomorrow at noon, they would all be ground beef. Cows on buns. The cows were surrounded, they waited and prayed. They mooed their last moves, they chewed their last hay. 
cows outgunned. The order was given to turn cows to whoppers, enforced by the might of 10,000 coppers. But on the horizon, surrounding the shoppers, came the deafening roar of chickens. Listening to Z Digital with Alison McLean, and today we're talking about phenol bombs. You were just listening to Dana Lines with a hit song, Cows with Guns, from 1996. That song had its longest run in the number one position in the charts in Queensland. Andy Payne, Tim Webb, and Franz Dowling, three regulars of phenol bombs in Brisbane, were recently arrested and charged for breaking into Pine Gap and Alice Springs. Top secret facility is run in coalition with United States and is officially known as the Joint Defense Facility Pine Gap. It is located 20 kilometers from Alice Springs and collects signals intelligence as well as detecting ballistic missile launches. The five Christian peace activists were found guilty of entering Pine Gap and admitted to climbing through a 1.2 meter high perimeter fence. I don't think I spoke to Andy, Tim and friends about the trial. Six activists uh, trespassed at the Pine Gap Defence Facility. So this is a huge spy base and military base located just outside of Alice Springs in Central Australia that's been the focus of, of protests and demonstrations really since it was built in the 1970s. So these six individuals, they committed no property damage, but they have broken into that base, um, gave themselves up to police dropped banners and they were they were there for a couple of hours in 2016 and they've been charged under um, an act that's actually only been invoked once before the defense special undertakings act which was toughened up and made even more repressive by the rudd government a couple of years previously and they, they now face seven years in jail and i think it's important when they come to trial in alice springs in november that everybody is very well aware that although these individuals committed absolutely no damage at all they were committed to non-violence and to a peaceful demonstration, that the base itself is implicated in nuclear weapons targeting in our region. It's implicated in an illegal drone assassination program run by the United States government. And it is also implicated in US-run massive uh, surveillance effort that's targeted at civilian populations right around the world. That's what happens at Pine Gap. That's what it's for. And I think against the scale of the activities that go on there, which are also unknown to most people in this country, which our, tax, our taxes help go to support, the actions of these peaceful demonstrators, I think not only should they, be, uh, should they have been charged, not only should they not be facing seven years in prison, we need to hear their point of view. We need their voices raised. So they're intending on using that trial as a platform to run that argument, but we need to make sure that they're properly, legally supported so that they don't end up serving up to seven years in prison for doing something 
that I think most people really would support. They're standing up against massive institutionalised violence. They've taken a stand for peace and we need to make sure that it doesn't cost them dearly. Thank you, Mr President. Uh, I'd like to speak tonight about uh, something that's happening right now in uh, Alice Springs involving a number of people from my home state of Queensland. Uh, and it regards a trial that's occurring uh, about uh, some people who conducted a peaceful protest at Pine Gap quite recently. Uh, the Pine Gap spy facility, spy base, has been in operation now for uh, just over 50 years. Well, this original Pine Gap agreement with the US government was signed uh, in 1966. And in September last year, Several hundred Australians from a range of ages and backgrounds and professions and faiths uh, gathered in Alice Springs to mark the 50th anniversary of the signing of that Pine Gap Agreement and to protest against it and to continue part of what has been a very long tradition of protest uh, regarding the Pine Gap spy base. And it is worth emphasising that uh, the role of this base as a part of the global war machine has increased dramatically in recent times. So those concerns were expressed by many protesters through the 80s and 90s and early parts of this century are more valid than ever. Uh, if I could quote um, esteemed academic and uh, uh, one of the foremost experts on this issue in Australia, Professor Richard Trant Trant Tanter, uh, he said, Pine Gap literally hardwires us into the activities of the American military. So whether or not the Australian government thinks, for example, an attack on North Korea is either justified or a wise and sensible move, we will be part of that. Our nation will be part of it. We'll be culpable in terms of the consequences and we potentially will get the blowback of the consequences. And let me just emphasise that there. That says whether or not the Australian government thinks that it's a good idea what the US might decide to do in regards to an attack on North Korea or any other nation. Not the Australian people. Uh, we don't get a say in that. I mean, Australian people don't even get a say when our own government decides to go to war, but at least it's an open uh, statement and at least we can talk about it and ask questions in Parliament, even if the people can't have a direct say. Uh, but on this, uh, and what the US government might do, not only the Australian people, but the Australian government has no direct say. And uh, this is relevant not just for any potential attack that the US under the leadership of President Trump, no less, might decide to do on a whim one day. So the outcome to our Pine Gap trial was, could have been worse, it could have been worse, we could have been sent to jail, but I'm, I'm happy that we didn't get sent to jail. So am I personally. However, if, if I had been sent to jail, it wouldn't have been the end of the world. I, I still would have had the freedom that, that you get when you do something you believe in. And so sending me to jail can't take that away from me. And so I would have gone to jail and, and carried on carried on with my life just in jail. But otherwise, the outcome was very good. The, we had an overwhelming amount of support, obviously, from Triple Z, you guys at Triple Z, and a lot of our friends and family. So it was very nice, very nice. Are you going to let the outcome of the court affect your peace activism at all? Uh, no, not in a negative way, for sure. Um, Is it going to stop you doing anything you would otherwise do, do you think? No, no. It's... You get to a point where you decide, or well, you have to decide, how seriously you take political activism and do you want to do it for the rest of your life? Are you, you know, there's certain sacrifices that you might have to make. If you get into too much trouble, then you might not be allowed to travel. 
So there's these things you've got to keep in mind. But I consider the, the issues that we're protesting against serious enough and important enough to uh, give up those, those um, privileges that we have. It won't affect the way that I live my life or, or my protesting career. Uh, yeah, it was a great trial and we had a lot of support and, and that was fantastic and fantastic to see and hopefully the um, fight against the war machine will continue. And can you summarise um, how the Pine Gap trial went and the results? Well, we had a very exciting trial in Alice Springs. We were in court for seven days arguing that we should be found not guilty because we were protecting others. But then at the end they found us guilty. Uh, we came back to Brisbane, they gave us some fines. But all in all, I think we did pretty well. At the table talking stats about food waste in the world mm -hmm. I saw my dream woman at the bar throw half a meal out And my jaw hit the floor mm -hmm. She's perfect in every way, but if she wastes It's a deal breaker for sure Now I'm singing like, girl, did you know how much Food in the world gets wasted 1.3 billion tons of food from stores Restaurants, homes, and companies Boy, boy, you talk too much 1 in 9 people on earth go hungry you should take a doggy bag, please. You should take a doggy bag, please. I don't love when you waste your food. We make way more than we consume. Starving kids don't get to choose when they go to bed hungry. At the grocery and I hope too. I always buy all the ugly fruit. Cause you know that it still tastes like it's brand new. And it's good for your country. Follow you home for our first date. Mm. I've made you a flow chart about how you can get smart about your personal food waste. You just heard cover a chew and shape of you about food waste by Global Citizen. Australia has a rich cultural history, and the Australian Cultural Library would like your help in preserving our artefacts. It currently holds over 20,000 items, including books, zines, music, film, posters, t-shirts and paintings, from the well-known to the rare and obscure. The library is not government or corporate funded and relies on donations and volunteers to contribute, collect, house and manage its resources. You can drop off donations, new or old, at 4ZZZ or contact the Australian Cultural Library. If you are interested in going to Food or Bombs in Brisbane, come along on Friday nights, 6.30pm in People's Park, West End, opposite the Lizard on Boundary Street. Yes, cooking starts at 4pm at 69 Thomas Street, which is also called a place to belong. Want to know more about creating your own Food Not Bombs group? Go to foodnotbombs.net for more information. You have been listening to me, Alison McLean. I'd like to thank you for you all for listening and also Andy for having time to do the interview. This show was produced as part of the Women on the Edge community radio training group at the Edge State Library of Queensland. It was funded by the Community Broadcasting Foundation and, and was supported by 4EB and 4ZZZ.
Thanks for listening.